0: welcome to the caleb Schaefer podcast we're so glad to have you join us today pastor caleb is a graduate of the world harvest bible college as well as ohio christian university and his desire is to share the love of god with a lost and dying world prepare to be challenged and encouraged today through the study of god's word now let's listen in to today's episode with our host caleb Schaefer.
1: hello thank you so much for joining me today here on the podcast I so appreciate you being here, and for all of you who are sharing the podcast, who are helping other people hear it, and for those of you who are listening from all over the place, thank you so much for tuning in. Today I want to bring you a topic, um, but before I do, uh, I am going to be beginning a series on Tuesdays leading up to Election Day um, of hot-button issues, hot-topic issues for the election this year key issues that we need to focus on um, major things that there are going to be implications when this election takes place whether it goes one way or the other um, there will be implications for these hot button issues and so you need to be informed about these issues And they're major key issues, and I'll explain background for them, I'll explain the legislation that has taken place to this point for them, and um, how it could possibly be advanced, reversed, so make sure you tune in on those uh, key issues, and I'll be sharing those topics hopefully on Tuesdays every week leading up to the election, with the final one being on election day. Um, So that is coming up very soon. The election is going to take place. We've seen a lot of turmoil, seen a lot of strategy. And uh, right now there are so many things taking place all over the world um, that are affecting the election. Uh, President Trump and Melania have been both diagnosed with coronavirus. um, So they're in quarantine in the middle of an election uh, leading up to the election. So it is very Tension-filled; it is very uh, tumultuous. But we're gonna we're gonna look and we're gonna trust God through all of this, that He's gonna carry everyone through, and that uh, the election will be fair, the election will be truthful. And so, um, this topic that I want to discuss with you today uh, is not anything to do with the election. This is actually a topic that has more to do um, with the Day of Atonement, and a lot of people. Uh, we've gone through Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. We've gone through Yom Kippur, the uh, Day of Atonement. And now we're actually in Tabernacles. Um, it's wrapping up as this podcast is being released. And um, the Day of Atonement has so many meanings. Every one of these feast seasons has so many meanings. And um, the Day of Atonement has such a great meaning around it. It has so much value and so much purpose if you understand it and if you understand the rituals that are part of the Day of Atonement. And so I wanted to share that with you today. Um, just one of those rituals. I know we already covered the Day of Atonement in another podcast, but this one kind of ties in this topic kind of ties in with the Day of Atonement. So I wanted to tell you about that. And um there are a lot of people who are Christians, but they carry shame. There are a lot of people who believe in Jesus, but they carry shame. And I always say that there are people who uh, know the Prince of Peace, but they don't know the peace that he can give to them. They don't know the peace that he offers. You are a believer in Jesus Christ. You trust him. You live your life for him. But the enemy constantly brings shame back to your mind for things that you've done. He constantly brings shame shame back to your mind, maybe not even for things that you've done, for things that people have done to you, or maybe things that you wanted to try to prevent, that you could not prevent, and the devil works in all sorts of ways to bring shame into our lives, and it's not just with sin, it's with other things as well, Um, it's with a lot of people who are abused, experience shame, and feel like that that is their fault. Um, but it 's not your fault. if you were abused, you had nothing to do with the abuse. You were the victim and um and there are other people who feel like you know they had a family member who passed away and they felt like they should have been able to prevent that, or they had something traumatic happen, and they weren't able to stop it. Um, so there are a lot of ways that the enemy brings shame into our lives. He brings guilt into our lives. And one of the blessings of the day of atonement is that our shame is taken away. Our shame is taken away. We can give it to Jesus and he will take our shame away. Shame comes from all sorts of things and shame likes to linger for years. Shame is not something that the enemy Uh, wants you to let go of easily because if the enemy can keep you oppressed by shame if he can keep a cloud hanging over your head of guilt and remorse and he can keep that cloud of darkness hanging over your head and have your mind constantly rehearsing what happened or rehearsing how you should have done things or rehearsing how you should have uh, prevented whatever happened or how you should not have done whatever happened, whatever it is that's causing you the shame and the guilt. He will keep your mind rehearsing that, um, and going over and over and over that in your mind so that you will continually be bogged down. And there are things that people are ashamed of years and years and years later, and they just can't pick themselves up from it. They just can't let that go. And, um, there are things that we all have done. The Bible lets us know that in Isaiah 53, 6, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Who's the him? The him is Jesus. The Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. So when Jesus died on the cross, that took our shame away. And one of the rituals in the Bible about the day of atonement. One of the things that they had to do for the day of atonement was that there were two goats involved. Two goats were involved, and this is spoken of in Leviticus 16. The Bible says, The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they drew near to the Lord and died. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to Aaron, your brother, so that he does not come at any time into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, so that he will not die. For I will appear in the cloud on the mercy seat. Thus, Aaron shall come into the holy place with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Now, this is God establishing uh, rules for the day of atonement. And he said, don't just walk into the holy place at any time. You can't just do that any old time you feel like it. Aaron has got to come into the holy place. And he's got to come in at the right time with the right sacrifice. So he wanted a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen tunic, the Bible says, and he shall have the linen undergarment on his body. And he shall be girded with a linen sash and shall be wearing the linen turban. All these are holy garments. Therefore, he shall wash his body in water and then put them on. He shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two male goats for a sin offering, one for a ram, or sorry, and one ram for a burnt offering. So two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer his bull in the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. Then he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats. One lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat on which the lot of the Lord falls and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot falls to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement with it, that it may be sent away as a scapegoat into the wilderness. Now, we've all heard the term scapegoat. We've all heard the term uh, when someone takes the fall for a large group of people. That person is called the scapegoat. When someone is getting the blame for what everyone in the whole group did, that's the scapegoat. And you hear it a lot in politics, you hear it a lot in big corporations, you hear it a lot in, um, in companies, things like that. So one person takes the fall for everybody. And that's the scapegoat. Um, a lot of the time, if a corporation is corrupt, and someone uh, in the in the higher up levels does not want to go to jail for what has happened, they'll try to blame everything wrong on one person. If there's been embezzlement or if there's been some sort of uh, corruption, they will blame it on a lower tier employee a secretary, a treasurer, something like that, in order that they'll be able to go free and the person who they blame is the one who goes to jail. And um, that person would be called a scapegoat. And that happens a lot of the time. If you remember in school when uh, the whole class was getting in trouble for something or a whole group of kids gets in trouble for something, you'll hear these words. Well, they started it so-and-so started it. And all of a sudden a name comes out and the kids all tell who started it or who was doing it. So that person becomes the scapegoat and they can all go free while that other person is punished. And that is what happens a lot of the time, uh, in the natural world even. And they're even called the scapegoat, but the scapegoat idea The scapegoat concept originated in the Bible, in the book of Leviticus. God was telling Aaron, he was telling Moses, listen, you have a scapegoat that you are going to Uh, Take and you're going to do things to the scapegoat. One goat is going to be offered as a burnt offering. The other goat is going to be the scapegoat. So skipping down Leviticus 16, and I'm going to go down to verse 20. It says, When he has made an end of atonement for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, then he shall bring the live goat, and Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions in all their sins." putting them on the head of the goat and he shall send it away by the hand of a designated man into the wilderness and the goat shall bear on it all their iniquities to a desolate land and he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness so what they did was they took this goat this scapegoat one goat was burnt in the offering the other was the scapegoat they took it outside the walls of the city they laid their hands on the scapegoat And they confessed the sins of all of Israel. So basically, they were laying their sins on this scapegoat, confessing their their sins over the scapegoat. And then the scapegoat was sent into the wilderness away from them. And there are so many verses um, that talk about this and, and that Isaiah 53, 6, where the Bible says the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Jesus became our scapegoat. You know, he became sin. He knew no sin. He had no sin, but he took our sin upon himself. He took everything bad upon himself that we had done and became sin for us. And so Jesus became our scapegoat. um, And he was crucified outside the walls of the city. Um, Just it it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 11 through 12, it lets us know that he became our high priest, he became our sacrifice. um, And he was crucified outside the walls of the city. So he was sent out basically into the wilderness for crucifixion. Um, he was not inside the walls of the city as the scapegoat was sent outside the walls to the wilderness and um, the sin was placed upon the scapegoat. What a what a concept um, that the day of atonement meant that your sins were totally separated from you. He casts our sins as far as from the east as from the west. Um, he takes our sins away from us and they're to be remembered no more. So when we have Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ becomes our scapegoat. He took our sin. He took our shame. He took everything bad that we had ever done on himself when he died on the cross. And that's an important concept as we are in this tabernacle season, finishing up the tabernacle season for this year, because Jesus is our atonement. Number one. He's our atonement offering. He bled. He died. He himself became our high priest. He sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant for us, his own blood. And he became our scapegoat, the one who separates our sins from us. And what an important mindset, what an important concept to understand, because when you understand that he took your sin, He not only took your sin, he took the penalty of your sin. He took the punishment of your sin from you. He took everything about your sin off of you. He said, I will be the one to blame. I will be the one who takes the punishment. I will be the one who takes the shame and the guilt. You do not have to be guilty of your sin. You do not have to feel guilt over your sin when you have Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ has taken it off of you. Now, when we sin, when we sin, if we sin, we need to go to him. We need to repent. Absolutely. We need to say, forgive me. I turn away from this sin, take away the sin, take away the shame, take away the guilt because any blood bought Christian should feel remorse over their sin. We should not want to sin. But when we do, because we all mess up, we all stumble. When we do, we can go to him and we can say, take this away from me. I don't want to do this. I don't want to feel this sin anymore. I don't want to feel this shame anymore. And we can lay it on him and he will take it from us. And that's one of the blessings that we have as the children of God, that we don't have to carry around the remorse for the sin that we have done. That we have committed if it's under the blood. And we've got to keep putting ourselves under the blood. We've got to continually keep ourselves under the spout. It's not a one-and-done deal here in the in the faith walk. It's not a one-and-done deal in a relationship with God. It is a continual walk with him that causes us to continually put ourselves under the blood at the foot of the cross. We've got to continually remain there. And we've got to continually have repentant hearts because there's no way that we can live perfection uh, out in this life. There's no way that we're never going to give into temptation. There's no way that we're never going to uh, not sin. We slip up. We do. We slip up as human beings, and God knows our frailty. He knows the way that we are weak, and that's why he sent Jesus, because we could never do it ourselves. We could never do it with the blood of bulls and goats. We had to have that perfect sacrifice that Jesus offered us. And so Jesus, our scapegoat, Jesus, our scapegoat, took our shame. He took our sin. And I love the Bible talks about certain things just like this. The Bible talks about in Isaiah 61, it lets us know that instead of our shame, we shall have double honor. Instead of humiliation, we shall rejoice over our portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Do you understand what that means? That God, instead of punishing you for your sin, instead of punishing you And instead of shaming you, he is going to give you honor. He's going to give you a double portion. He's going to give you joy in place of what you should feel. Because we all should feel bad about our sin. But he doesn't want us to feel bad about about our sin. He understands we're human and we mess up. So he offers us joy. He offers us joy. Rest. He offers us peace. He offers us honor. He offers us a double portion in place of our shame, in place of our shame, in place of our humiliation, because there's stuff that we've all done that we should be totally ashamed of. There's stuff that we've all done that we should be exposed for. There's stuff that if people knew what we had done or what we had thought or what we had said If people knew everything that went through our mind, if people knew everything we've ever done, they would never talk to us again. People would leave you high and dry, even though they've done the same thing. If your sins were laid out before everyone, were played out on a big screen before everyone, people would run from you. But thank God that he covers us. Thank God that he covers our sin. His blood is Enough. His blood is perfect. His blood covers all of our sin and takes all of our shame away. His blood takes it all away. So today, if you're living under condemnation, you don't have to. If you're living under a cloud of guilt and shame, that's not yours to carry. Jesus died on a cross. He bled and he died on a cross. He was beaten. He was bludgeoned. They said he was not even recognizable as a human being. He was so bloodied and so mangled by the time that he died on the cross. His blood was shed for you so that you would not have to deal with the regret. You would not have to deal with the shame of your sins. Wow, what a merciful God. What a merciful God that he doesn't just take away he doesn't just take away the penalty of sin and say, "Okay, you're not going to go to hell, but you have to deal with this regret your entire life. You have to deal with this shame your entire life." He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, "I'm going to save your soul, but I'm going to expect you to walk around sad for the rest of your life at what you've done." He says he is going to remove, he's going to remove the shame. He's going to give you double honor. He's going to give you a double portion. He's going to bless you. Even, yes, even though we've messed up, even though we've sinned, even though we've done wrong, he's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. Now, we know that the Bible calls the devil the accuser of the brethren. Satan loves to come to you. And bring your sins back up. He loves to come to you. And bring your failures back up. He loves to come to you. And bring what other people have done to you back up. So that it keeps it in your mind. But you have got to know today. That Jesus Christ does not want you. To keep reliving and rehashing painful memories. Over and over and over again. What's in the past is in the past. If it's under the blood. Put it under the blood today. And that doesn't mean that it's just stuff that you've done. If someone has hurt you today and you feel guilty for whatever reason that they've hurt you, you feel like it was your fault, you feel like it was your uh, issue. It feels like it was your problem when they did whatever they did to you. No, no, no. The devil will try to tell you those things. But God is saying, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. Lay down your burdens. He said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He doesn't want you carrying around a load of problems on your back and carrying around this baggage forever. He wants you to lay it down at his feet and be free. Free today, and that is the blessing of knowing Jesus Christ. He wants you to live free from the guilt. He wants you to live free from the shame. There is nothing that we can do to change the past. There's nothing that you can do to go back. I know we have all these movies, these these funny movies, or these these Hollywood films, um, Back to the Future, and and we have all these Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, and times where people went back in history and change things or try to alter things. We can't do that. We can't go back and undo what's already been done. But what we can do is go forward in the Lord. We can go forward with what he has for us to do. We can go forward in our callings. We can go forward in our lives and we can go forward freely because of what Jesus did at the cross. And what a lot of people don't understand is that when Jesus did the work at the cross, because it was a work it was a miracle it was it was such a blessing what he did for us at the cross and he did it for us in a complete and total work That complete and total work that was done at the cross is unalterable. That complete and total work that was done at the cross is infallible. There is nothing the devil can do to stop it, but the devil tries to play mind games with you. The devil tries to put things in your mind that you've done, things in the past that you wish you had not done, wish you had not been a part of, wish that other people hadn't gotten you involved in, Um, all sorts of things, or wish that you could have done something differently to help someone that you were unable to help. Listen, the devil wants to bring all of that stuff up and you can do nothing to change it. Thinking about it in your mind won't change it trying to think of what you would have done differently won't change it thinking of how you would you would not get involved in the first place won't change it what's done is done that is one of my favorite lines if you've ever seen the chronicles of narnia movie if you've ever seen the movie where um the lion the witch and the wardrobe where the lion king aslan comes down off the mountain from the talking to the little boy who has betrayed his brothers and his his brother and his sisters. And they're so upset at what Edmund has done. And Aslan comes down off the mountain and he says to the rest of the family, he says to the other brother and the two sisters, what's done is done. Don't bring it up again. What's done is done. Don't bring it up again. And that's how God looks at us when we go to him and we lay things at his feet. And we lay our sins at his feet. We lay our feelings at his feet. We lay our regrets. We lay our shame at his feet. And he looks at us and he says, what's done is done. There's nothing that can be done about it to change it. But the blood of Jesus covers it. And the blood of Jesus removes the guilt. The blood of Jesus removes the penalties so the devil can't have access to your life. The blood of Jesus removes it. And you are free to go. And it's not to be brought up again. Now, I understand that in life there are some natural consequences. Maybe we've done something uh, that that is unalterable. Maybe we've hurt someone. Maybe we have committed a crime or something like that. Whatever that is, whatever that thing is, the residual effects in the natural may be there. And um, there are times where we have to answer for our actions. We have consequences that are natural. Um, But in the spirit, you do not have to carry your sin or your guilt around anymore. You do not have to carry that sin or that shame around anymore in the, in the spirit and in your mind. In your mind, you don't have to carry that around anymore. You may be facing the consequences. You may be divorced because of something that you've done, or you may be uh, incarcerated for something that you've done. You may be uh, separated from family or friends or whatever the case. You may have lost a job because of something that you've done, but you do not have to carry the guilt and the shame if you give it to Jesus Christ. You are not your sin. You are not your sin. Your sin doesn't get to define you when you place it under the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't get to be labeled by your sin when you place it under the blood of Jesus Christ. That sin does not define you when you place it under the blood. Your failures do not define you when you place them under the blood of Jesus Christ. You are a free person, a new creation, the Bible says. And the Bible lets us know in Romans 8.1, one of the most popular verses in the entire Bible, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are a free person. You are a free indeed, the Bible says, when he sets you free. And today... You don't have to carry that sin around. You don't have to carry that shame around. You can go free and you can be you can be a child of God, you can be a new creation. And whatever you've done, whatever's been done to you, you don't have to deal with it any longer. You can let it go. You can let it go, and you don't have to let the devil keep bringing it up to you because you are his you are the Lord's so today when you belong to the Lord you are moved the Bible says from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light you were taken out of one kingdom and placed into another kingdom you were given a seat at the table of the king and you are part of his family so today as a king's kid as the child of the king he doesn't want you to carry those things around anymore. He wants you to be totally free from the shame and the guilt of your past. And you can leave the past in the past and go forward. And a lot of people have such a struggle because they live in their past. They live in their past, number one, or they live in fear of the future. They live in the past because of shame and regret, and they live in fear of the future. And can I tell you something? There's absolutely nothing you can do right now about either one of those. You cannot go back and change the past, and you cannot go into the future and change anything by worrying. What you can do is place it in the hands of Jesus. Sit at the foot of the cross, remain at the foot of the cross every single day, and he will cover your past, number one, and he will protect your future, number two. And if you've been stressing and if you've been fighting and worrying about your past or you've been scared of the future, listen, I know that that we are in this crazy time and the en- entire world's in an uproar politically uh, in the health fields with coronavirus. Everything's in an uproar. But you don't have to be scared of what's to come. Why? Because Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And the Bible tells me that God is the God who was and is and is to come. And he has protected his people all through the past. He has covered his people all through the past and kept them from harm. And he will keep you from harm no matter what if you place your trust and your hope in him. Are bad things going to happen? Yes, bad things will continue to happen in the world. I can promise you that. But He will protect your future and he will keep you in the palm of his hand. If you will trust in him, if you'll place your life in his hands and you'll surrender everything to him. So number one, you don't have to regret your past. You don't have to carry shame or sin. And number two, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about what's to come. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about the election. Whoever wins will win Whoever loses will lose. I still belong to God regardless. And my Bible tells me that God is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, that Jesus has taken that title and that he is on the throne and will never be dethroned. So we may have a president in the United States, but we have a king who's higher than the president and his name is Jesus. So we don't have to worry even about the election. We don't have to worry if another country is going to do something crazy we don't have to worry if there's going to be strife, if, if we're going to have a job tomorrow, if we're going to lose our health, whatever. We don't have to worry about it if we place our lives in God's hands. And that's what I'm trying to tell you today. As long as you remain close to him, there's nothing from your past and nothing in your future that can take away that relationship. And today I want to offer you an opportunity to pray. And to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior if you've never done that before, and to lay your past down at His feet, and also to hand Him the driver's wheel to your future, because He has already been there. He has already seen it all. He's the God who was and is and is to come, He never changes. He never changes. So he knows where you're headed before you even go there. He goes before you, the Bible even tells us. He gets there before you ever show up. He's arranging things in your favor right now if you're trusting in him. And you can rest assured that your past is gone and your future is secure if you place your trust in him. If you'd like to know today that that's the case, if you'd like to know today that you don't have to worry about anything from your past and you can be free in your future, and safe in your future, you can just pray this prayer with me. Just say, Father God, I place my trust in you. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe that he died on the cross and rose again. I believe that he's coming back soon. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Wash me in the blood Jesus shed on the cross And help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer today, I believe that you are on your way to heaven. And if Jesus were to come back right now, or if you were to die, you would be with him for eternity. And what an assurance. What a blessing. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you've prayed it many times before let me know. Get a hold of me on social media. Let me know on the podcast that you're listening to in the comments section. I would love to connect with you and hear uh, your story and give you some some advice on how to move forward in this relationship with Christ because it is a relationship. It's not just something that you pray once and and you're good to go. It's a relationship that you have to maintain and you have to walk out. So I want to encourage you in that But today, I'd also like to pray for anybody who's just been carrying around shame or guilt, who's been dealing with fear of the future. And I want to uh, encourage you, and I want to pray for you today. So I'm just going to pray this prayer, and just receive it wherever you're at. If you're able to, close your eyes and lift your hands wherever you're at, and just receive this prayer. Father God, I thank you today that your word lets us know we don't have to carry our shame around. We don't have to carry our guilt around. We are not defined by what we've done or our sin. People may try to label us, but God, will you label us a child of yours. You label us kings and priests. You say that we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. You say that we have the mind of Christ. And so God, today, your word is final and that's what we receive. God, I pray that every feeling of guilt, every feeling of shame and remorse would go from everyone listening to this podcast, wherever they're at. And God, that they would receive your peace and they would receive your joy. They would receive your blessing because your word tells us in Isaiah 61, you'll give us bless Blessing. You'll give us honor. You'll give us a double portion where we've been ashamed and where we've been humiliated. So God, right now, I pray that you would restore to them everything that the devil has stolen and God, that you would give them peace, whether it be their own sin, whether it would be something that somebody did to them, whether it would be something they got blamed for God, whether it would be something they felt they could prevent and were not able to God, I pray that their, their shame and their guilt would be gone right now in Jesus. Jesus. Jesus name. We bind it and we send it away from them and we loose the Holy Spirit to come and comfort just as his job title says. He's our comforter. He's the one who comes alongside. So God, let the one who comes alongside and comforts be that thing to them today. And God, I thank you that you're removing every worry about the future from our listeners. Thank you, God, that you're removing every fear about the future from everyone who's listening today because, God, we don't have to go into the future afraid. We don't have to go into the future worried because, God, you have already been there. You go before us and you secure our places. God, you set our feet on solid rocks. You keep our foot from stumbling. And, God, you keep sickness. You keep disease. You keep peril away from us according to your word. Now, God, give your angels charge around about your people. Let them know that they're safe and secure in you and that you love them so very much. God, I plead the blood of Jesus down over minds today. And God, we take every thought captive that's not like you. And God, I thank you for doing all this in Jesus name. Amen friends, I thank you so much for listening today. If this is ministered to you, share it with somebody, let somebody know that they can be shame free and fear free and that God loves them so very much that Jesus has become the scapegoat. Just as the day of atonement ritual represents the scapegoat going out into the wilderness with all of our sins on it. Jesus has done that for us. So Today, let somebody know, hey, you can be free from everything that you've ever done, and you can be free from fear of the future as well. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to s- start looking for those election hot topic updates. They will have a special report icon and a uh, a blue background, so you'll know when those updates are coming out on special days, and I trust that that you are praying and preparing for this election. God bless you, and I will talk to you very soon. I love you. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. If you would like to connect with Caleb, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com. If you have been encouraged please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Once again, we appreciate you listening to today's episode and may God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.